Welcome to Many Talks Podcast, talking all business, entrepreneurship, property development, finance, and investment. So, Reese Many here, your host of Many Talks. Um, got a fantastic guest that helps um, entrepreneurs and experts in the sector, an entrepreneur and an expert himself, um, Nick James. It's going to be a fantastic interview, um, season two. So, Nick, thanks for coming on. Thanks, mate. Yeah, really appreciate, uh, really appreciate you having me share with your audience. Fantastic. So, Nick, just for my audience, um, obviously your business, and we talk about your business, but mainly um, at the moment, present, you help experts, um, really events, masterminds, and individuals through masterminds and events um, scale their business to seven figures or seven figures above. Um, that started when you was fortunate enough to attend the Tony Robbins um, event when you was young, I believe, from the conversations that we've had previously. Yeah, so um, yeah, I, I did my my first Tony Robbins event. I was twelve, and um, my mum. So nineteen ninety four, this was. My mum um, was booked to go to an event in Hawaii. Yeah. With with uh, Tony Robbins and she basically went, Hey, do you want to, do you want to come? And I'm like, well, how bad can it be? I can either <laughs> stay in Birmingham and go to school and do the other things that 12 year olds do, or I can go to Hawaii, which sounds quite cool. So um, yeah, off we went. And, and really that was the, the first experience I had. And I'm sure, you know, Reese, you can think of or recall the first experience you had. And I'm sure yeah. many listeners can as well that kind of started you on this path um, that you are now to host this podcast, a path of entrepreneurship. And really that was the, the catalyst for everything that's happened since. Yeah. And for, for my listeners that haven't heard of um, Expert Empires, can you explain to them? Obviously that's your business right now um, that I know about. I've attended quite a few of your events and um, my team have as well that work alongside me and we all enjoy them. Some, some great speakers, yourself speaks there. Um, just to our listeners, what if they haven't heard of it? What what it does, and really why they should probably attend the next event when 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 they physically possibly can. <laughs> the next event scheduled for twenty twenty seven or something. <laughs> um, but uh, actually, as we were saying just before we uh, just before we went live here, we're um, we, we are actually still running events, albeit very small workshop events. We've got our own premises our own training center so we yeah. asked running events just not at the scale we were before so yeah expert empires is um uh, it's our flagship event really it's a, a two-day a two-day we run it um last year in 2019 we ran three we were expected to run three this year um and of course then the world went crazy but we um yeah we, we basically work with anyone who's got a business that is based upon their expertise. So maybe they're a coach, a consultant, a speaker, a trainer, an author, um, an advisor, a mentor, an agency. Their, their business is based upon them having a certain expertise or um, a certain amount of experience in a certain field and they make their, they make their living or their businesses selling services, sometimes products, to an audience to pass on that information, that experience, that, that, that education, if you like. Um, so, you know, we, we kind of have three categories of people that tend to come to our events, either somebody who's 
just getting started. They've got an yep. idea of, I'd like to, I've got experience in this area. I'd like to start a business as a coach or as a personal yep. trainer or a financial advisor or whatever. Um, the second is somebody that's already doing that and wants to grow their business. Um, and then the third is somebody who's already got an established business and really wants to scale it um, uh, because the biggest challenge a lot of businesses have in our sector is the scalability of it because in the main, the success of the business is really based upon the founder. So, um, yeah. yeah, and so Expert Empires is probably what we're best known for. Obviously, we've had some amazing speakers like Grant Cardone, Gary Vaynerchuk, David Goggins. Yeah, the list goes on. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, so those events have been great for us. And of course, as you know, as you mentioned earlier, we also, um, we're now running smaller workshops at our training centre to still be able to deliver that training um, in a smaller setting. Um, and really our core business is our, our mastermind programmes. Fantastic. Well, look, um, as I said, it's great to have you on. And I think there's a lot of value for our listeners, especially um, with the world that we live in now, social media, masterminds and communities that are around is to mix with like-minded people. Um, and obviously that's what you do and you do bring that together. Before I drill down more into your business and questions, just really, you know, let's, let's, let's roll back to that time that, you know, you got on that plane as a 12 year old going to Hawaii. What kind of, obviously you said, you know, young kids dream going to Hawaii, but what kind of emotions was you feeling on the way there? What was it like when you arrived and you realised that as a 12-year-old you was going to sit through an event? Um, I suppose it could, if you don't know who Tony Robbins is at that time, be a bit boring, you might think, before you get there. Um, you know, what was you thinking? And then obviously, how did it go and how did it make you feel after the first day? Yeah, yeah, that, uh, great question. I think um, there's, there's probably a lesson in here for anyone that's ever been to an event or discovered something new and then had the desire to bore the hell out of all of their friends about it this is for you so um you know my mum my invited me to go to hawaii and I'm, I'm thinking like it's paradise why would i not want to go there yeah. um but also i think the other thing that's important is that you know she'd um undergone massive transformation in her life personally and professionally as a result of um, her experiences uh, of attending similar events and similar training. So you know, I've I've seen, you know. So you mom, actually see that happen. I, I've seen this woman, you know, like twelve years of age. I've watched her go from, um, you know, like unhappy, overweight, you know, making a lot of uh, bad life choices, drinking heavily, all of these things. Um, successful in her career, by the way. Yeah. You know, most people's standards. Um, but not happy, not fulfilled. So all of a sudden I've seen this transformation over the course of a year or so where, you know, she's healthy, lost a load of weight. She's left a corporate career, started a business. Like, you know, there's all of these changes she's made. And I'm going like, yeah. this is not like, like this is not the same woman. And, and this is my mum, somebody, you know, the person that I'm closest to and I love most in the world. And to see that, I'm like, whatever this is, has got to be a good thing. You know, it can't, there can't be any, any bad in it really. And so, you know, I definitely went open-minded, optimistic, um, and absolutely loved every single second, you know, to, at 12 years of age to have the opportunity to be fortunate enough to be around those kind of people, to learn those kind of skills, to be in that kind of environment. Yeah. Um, I, I do count myself extremely lucky for sure. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, and what stuck out to you the most 
at that event? What was your obviously? I know it was some time ago, but what what was it that, that you come away with? Your biggest takeaway? At least it was it was only ten years ago. I'm still a witness. <laughs> no, we're, we're talking, yeah, we're, we're talking twenty five years, uh, twenty five years ago. So, um, I, very very difficult for me to recall, but I think actually the stuff that sticks out from back then is is really the the simple principles of you know that that you would learn from a tony robbins or from studying nlp or following any of the greats of personal development um you know the, the simple uh, i suppose the the fundamental principles um such as you're responsible for your own reality everything that you have everyone that you have attracted into your life everything that you've achieved or not achieved is down to you um there are a lot of external factors there are a lot of things that you could choose to blame but frankly you can't control any of that stuff so you've got to take ownership and responsibility and i think um you know i think that that's a core principle that you would learn from anyone uh, in the kind of personal development self-improvement field but yep. but one that's simple but not easy to actually live by yeah um, and i think you know even like 25 years in personal development still to this day it's really easy when things aren't going my way for me to place blame elsewhere really easy as a leader of a company of a, a team yeah. of people it's really easy for when things don't go well for me to point a finger and place blame and what i gotta remember um maybe this is this is one for um for the kind of business owners the entrepreneurs um, especially if you've got teams, all problems, all problems in your business are leadership problems. Correct. In other words, every single bit of success, I really believe this. Yeah, um, yeah, I do. Success that you have in your business. Yes, of course, you know, there are people in the business that contribute to it, but ultimately you created that. Well done. Every single problem, challenge, failure in your business, you also created that. And you've got to be willing to accept that if you're going to be in control and if you're going to grow. That's a great, that's a great takeaway there for our listeners, you know, responsibility and, and, and taking the ball by the horns, you know, when things are going well, it's, it's easy for people to put their hand up and say that was because of me. Uh, but when things are going wrong, you know, you've, you've also got to be responsible to say, you know what, it's my problem. Um, I, I put that person in that role. Exactly. Think about it that way. You go, you know, I could bitch and moan about somebody in my team who's underperforming. The bottom line is, um, you know, I hired that person. And, and by the way, it's it, the bigger you get, the easier yeah. it is to shift blame because you go, well, actually, I didn't hire that person. Somebody, somebody else did. But, but you yeah, hired that person. I hired that person. And at some level, and I created this machine and this yeah. culture and the values that we live by. And, you know, and, and, if somebody's not performing, I, I at some level allowed the standards within that team to drop because I allowed the standards in the company to drop, and therefore it led somebody to underperform. So you, yeah. again, it, it, it's sometimes quite hard to look in the mirror and blame yourself for everything, but actually, it's very empowering when you choose to do that. Yeah, and and from your experience, because obviously you've dealt with a lot of um you know successful business people successful entrepreneurs whether that's been bringing them to the uk um to speak and you you've obviously been around them um that's one of the biggest takeaways like mentors to me um have helped me grow my business and helped me get to where i i i desire to be and to still carry on 
growing. Is that your biggest takeaway from working around successful people? Um, I mean, I think, I think there's loads. I mean, I'm clearly, I'd be the biggest hypocrite on the planet if I didn't believe in the value of mentorship, of coaching, of yeah. masterminds, of, of having a peer group that's going to support you and empower you and stretch you. Um, so, you know, I, I've invested heavily um, over many, many years, of course, in my younger years, through, the te- through my teens. Um, yeah. you know, it was... Uh, my mum's magic credit card that, that invested heavily in my personal development of which I'm, for which I'm always going to be extremely um, grateful and forever in her debt, no matter how much money I pay her back. Yeah. Um, but, but of course, you know, more recently through my twenties and thirties, it's been significant investments of money, of time, of energy, um, traveling all over the world to be around, to learn from um, coaches, mentors, experts, people that have yeah. already walked I still continue to do that to this day. I've got, I have um, a number of coaches, experts that I invest with for support in various different areas of my life. I've still got a business coach. I'm a member of two masterminds myself. Um, And I think all of that's important, partly because I do genuinely believe in the power of it, but also when you're in the business I'm in, like I said, I mean, you'd be the, I'd be the biggest hypocrite in the world if I wasn't in, in the type of, programs in the type of services that I in turn provide and that I in turn tell people they should invest in themselves. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, I've got a, I've got a question for you. For, for the people that are listening, there's probably some um, people, the business owners that have tried working with a business coach um, or worked with a mentor and it, for whatever reason, it, it hasn't worked. Um, why would you say that you're different, your business is different, and what sort of reason should somebody, if they're feeling like that, and this is really a takeaway for people that are listening, because I know, you know, same as me, I've, I've attended some courses and I've come out and thought, you know what, I didn't really pick up as much as I would, would have liked to there. Um, there is a lot of courses out there at the moment. There's a lot of on, online stuff. Um, I'm a big believer in, you know, pick one person and and work with that person who you can relate to and is doing what you want to do but there is people out there that have spent a hell of a lot of money and it just hasn't gone their way what what would you say to them yeah I, th- I think um lots of answers that i could give you to that question the the first one i think is um what you actually said if i can pick out one one thing that you just said there you were like there's a lot of people out there that are coaching, that are training, that, that, um, and people haven't got results. What makes me different? Um, so let me answer that first. Yeah. And, and the truth is, I am not arrogant enough to think that I'm perfect and that every single person that ever walks through the doors at one of my events or ever joins my mastermind gets amazing results and gets exactly what they need. Yeah. Because I'm human. So are you. And yeah, some people are going to be happy. Some people are not. That's, you can't, can't please everyone. You can't please all the people all the time. Correct. The second thing is, you know, I've got kicking on for just shy of 200 people in my various different uh, masterminds, group coaching programs. And there are a percentage of those that are absolutely nailing it. Yeah. There are a percentage of those that are not. And then there's a bunch of people in the middle, of course, that are having varying different degrees of success. It's the same program for all of those 200 people or nearly 200 people. So what are the variables 
the individual is the variable, right? So, uh, so ultimately, you know, if you're investing in a coach or a mastermind or whatever, um, I, I truly believe, and it's always been the case um, when I've invested, that look, it's my, of course, I'm going to this person for guidance and they've got to deliver on their promise, clearly. But also I've got to do my bit as well. It's a, it's yeah. a team thing, if you like. So I'm responsible. Come back to responsibility, first thing we talked about. So, you know, I invest a lot of money with my coach um, for one-to-one in, input, coaching, support, advice, whatever you want to call it, on how to yeah. grow down business or my business. Yeah. Um, and bottom line, he's there to guide me, but I'm the one that's got to do the work. I'm the one that's got to run the companies day in, day out. I've got to make the critical decisions, and he's there to guide. So yeah. I'm under no illusions that it's my job to make the business successful, not his. He's yeah. there to um, so I think that's the first thing. The, se- the second thing is, I mean, you already mentioned it, Reese. You've got, I think, you've got to find somebody. There are a lot of people out there. You've got to find someone that that, you, that just resonates with you, or you relate to. Um, yeah. You know, again, my my coach um, has experience building companies that look and feel very much like the company that I want to build. Yeah. So, like, you know, you might find a coach who can help you double your revenue but will they help you double your revenue in the way that you want to do it maybe not mm. they might help you build a culture and environment that you want to create but there's no attention to sales and profit and so really it's about finding somebody that's going to give you what you want and what you need given where you are on your journey i think um so look i mean i mean let's say there are probably some coaches trainers call them what you will out there yeah, fundamentally not very good is as in what they're teaching, what they're suggesting, what they're advising people to do is flawed. But I don't think that's the majority. I think that is the minority. I, I'd like to believe that the majority of people have the best intentions, that they're doing mm. the best they can with what they've got. Um, you know, I am when I first started doing what I do now, um, you know, the first version of this was 2008, 12 years ago. Like, I was not anywhere near as experienced qualified to give advice and mentorship as i am now and i'm mm. nowhere near as qualified or experienced at doing this now as i will be in 10 years all i can do is give the best of what i've got right now and so i yeah. think often it's easy for us to judge someone who's recently started coaching or training um they're nowhere near as good now as they're going to be in five or ten years time and yeah. just because you've been doing it longer I think often we should, you know, check our ego a little bit and go, well, we all had to start somewhere. Yeah. So maybe people that are feeling like that, we would just, just to sum up, would you say that your, your advice would be, you know, don't be too downhearted. Maybe take a look at yourself and, and ask yourself, is this the right fit for yourself? Um, and if honestly you don't think it is, or if honestly you haven't given it your all, maybe go and try somebody else that you could relate to and, and give a little bit more. Yeah, well, I mean, the first thing, and, and as harsh as this might sound, it was your decision. So, yeah. you know, um, there's, there's that. I mean, I do, I do also hear and see that, you know, as shocking as it sounds, you know, there are there are certainly some um, at best underhand and at worst just straight out manipulative and illegal tactics that are used to get people to mm. invest and, and, and join some of these programs. But in the main, um, 
ultimately, you know, you still made the decision. And so you've got to look inside and go, what have I done or not done to yeah. get to here? Um, and, you know, uh, look at what you can do next and where you might want to go next. And I think you, I'm, I'm quite a practical person, but I also think sometimes you just got to operate on gut instinct. And the chances yeah. are, Reese, the chances are, and I'm open to being challenged and maybe wrong in certain cases, but the chances are, if somebody's made a, a choice, an investment, a decision that they've come later come to regret, I bet you most people would say that at the time when they made the decision, there was a niggling thought or a gut instinct that was telling them not to do it. But they did it anyway, and now it's come back to bite them in the ass. Um, and so, you know, you've got to go with gut instinct. And, and often, you know, you've made an in, uh, a gut instinct or heart-based decision. It felt right, and it's the best decision you ever made. Now, of course, there are examples contrary in both cases. But I think in the main, we can all agree and we can all relate to that when, when something feels good, feels right, we go with our gut instinct, our heart, call it what you like great decisions and great results tend to be achieved. Um, and often when we're doing something in fear or making a decision from a disempowered state um, and there's a, there's a niggling thought that this might not be the right move, often that does end up being the wrong move. Yeah, no, I, I thoroughly agree. And, and thanks for that. That's a good takeaway again for our listeners. Um, just a couple of more questions, Nick, that um, I know that a few people that will be watching this um, would want me to ask, um, you know, when when you talk, you talk about helping entrepreneurs scale to six or seven figure businesses. What do you think the main challenge is to scale a business to six to seven figures? Yeah, great question. I think there's different answers to that question depending on where somebody is on their journey. Now, yeah. I mean, I've got an entire very detailed framework about what it takes to get some a business from startup to making a full-time income to get yeah. into six figures to get into seven figures but i'll give you the the head yeah just a yeah just a generic like when you're starting out um and again this is a generic so it's not um it's not an absolute but yeah, when you yeah. start out in my mind the most critical thing for any business when you're starting out is sales that's it like yes of course you need to make sure you've got a good product yes of course you know you've got to do some form of marketing but driving sales getting customers getting money in is the most important thing and i see so many people make the mistake when they start this and they're focused on so much that isn't that for me it's like 80 20 rule 80 percent of your time energy focus and resource should go into making sales 20 percent on all the other stuff when you're starting yeah. now to get it to let's say to scale a business to multi six figures the chances are there's going to be some shift in focus and indeed in infrastructure to enable you to get there. So when you're starting out, let's assume for most businesses, the business owner is in charge of sales, marketing, customer service, finance, admin, toilet cleaner, you name it. Everything. <laughs> and that's normal. You know, we've all, yeah, been, yeah. We've all been there. Yeah. We were as well. But to get to six figures, multi-six figures, you can't be doing all that yourself. So then it's not just about getting the first sales. Then it also becomes about building something that resembles an infrastructure to remove yourself from 
the let's call them lower value or less impactful tasks so you know your basic admin customer service stuff um it might be um you know bookkeeping it might be toilet yeah. cleaning, whatever, you know whatever you, you then to get six figures you've got to remove yourself from a lot of that stuff um and start to leverage your time as the business owner more effectively and to get to seven figures it's that on steroids which is um I, I talk about, um, and you might have heard this principle before, Reese. Um, ten pound, a hundred pound, a thousand pound tasks. Um, of course, I think the person yeah. I learned that from was a guy called Keith Cunningham in the states. So it was ten dollar, a hundred dollar, a thousand dollar tasks. Yeah. And so to scale, really, um, I think the, if the key principle to get started is sales and marketing, probably like getting new customers. Yeah, yeah. The key principle to scale is actually team and culture. It's building a team of people that can execute on the, the, well, I suppose build on the foundations that you've laid that can execute on the plan you create and do the marketing for your business that can do the sales that can create the product that can deliver it at a high level that can do a lot of that so that you can be strategic. But so really for, for me now where we are in our business or in our companies, my job is to oversee the team and culture and guide yeah. toward our vision. My job really isn't, I mean, I still do some degree of sales and delivery and, and marketing, but you know, my, my involvement in that stuff is very minor compared to where it was earlier on. Yep. Great, great question. Um, great answer for that question. And um, thanks. That last question, Nick, cause um, obviously just, just a question for where we are, in, in the climate that we're in right now. So entrepreneurs, people that are leaving school that are ready to try and have a go on their own or people that are in a corporate world already but want to start off on their own. Um, what's, the, what's, what's the best bit of information or the best bit of advice um, you could give them for a business that's either in its infancy or somebody that's ready to press that go button? Yeah, yeah, great. Um, I think... Most of, by the way, most of the, let's face it, opinions that I give, and they are only that, they're my opinions. I'm not suggesting that this is um, absolute or, or universal truth. Um, it's from my own experience, right? Yeah, of course. So yeah. When you ask me that question, I go, well, what did I do? And I go, well, you know, I came out of university and I'd had a bit of a stab at running a business and failed dismally because I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and I actually did something that most people would not necessarily advise but I think is um, very smart. And that is I went and worked for a small entrepreneurial business in the field, in the industry that I wanted to get into. So um, they were probably, when I joined, they were probably years in. Um, and, you know, they, they were probably, they were six figures, but not even a seven figure business. And within, I was only there 18 months and it grew to a, uh, I think they did um, two, maybe three million. Uh, in, in the final year that I was there. So they grew very quickly. Yeah. And, and, you know, I learned so much in that 18 months. I learned, um, I joined in the sales department. So I learned how to sell. Yeah. I also picked up a lot from being in that environment on marketing. I learned yeah. how to, um, I learned from the founder who'd already had a previous successful business. I learned by observing at close quarters what it took to, to run a business. I observed a lot of mistakes while I was there. 
And so I thought, well, that's a lesson. I'm going to make sure I don't do that when I go and do this on my own. So I think actually, you know, a lot of people, and by the way, of course, you know, my business is delivering training and coaching and mentoring. But I think a lot of time um, people are selling training courses and stuff like that, teaching theory. And yeah. actually, I, I learned more in, in that 18 months being in it than I could have ever have learned from any training course. So yeah. I do think first-hand experience, um, you know, you mentioned somebody who's coming out of university or college or maybe they're leaving corporate. I, I've been in both of those positions. You know, I was at university. I attempted to, to start a business, but I had no clue what I was doing, failed dismally. Um, and so actually, I think getting some first-hand experience, being up close and personal in an entrepreneurial organization, seeing how it works, is the best advice I could give to someone who then wants to go and do it themselves. You know, it's, it's a bit of patience required. Yeah. I think it's a worthwhile investment of your time. You're never going to learn that. You know, the amount of people that join our program, for example, who are, have been very successful in corporate careers, senior management, executives in big companies. Yeah. And they come, they come to me and, and honestly, it's, it's shocking how little they actually know about running a business. Yeah. And, these, and these people have operated, you know, at a senior executive level in huge companies, but they know nothing about running a business in reality. Because, again, what you see when you work in, you know, let's say you're an executive, a director, a senior manager in a big company is like such a tiny bit of the whole. Yeah, and yeah, of course. By the way, I don't want to knock traditional education too much, but I did business studies at university and I came out of university not having the first clue in reality about how to run a business. Yeah. I learned way more up close and personal with an entrepreneur, shadowing him basically for 18 months than I did in any other area uh, that I could have studied. I think that's and, a great um, piece of advice, to be honest with you. I mean, if you can get close to, to somebody that you, you can, you're just that can give you that know-how, there's, there's no better than doing it and, and acting it every day, is there? Yeah, and for some people, um, that isn't the right route and you go no I'm ready I know enough I'm going to go and do this on my own and fair play go for it I'm, I'm not saying that's the only route that's just yeah, just one route yeah but I still had that moment that you're talking about where I went right now's the time and yeah. the truth is I knew more than I did 18 months previous but I still had to take the leap I didn't really know what I was doing I made it up as I went along and I got mentoring and training and guidance along the way which I think has stood me in pretty good stead. But, you know, th there's no one way of doing it. But I do think that sometimes um, I certainly was, as a youngster, quite naive. And I think some people, when they leave corporate or come out of university, are a bit naive as to what it really means to run a business. And yeah. I actually just tag on to an answer I gave you to your previous question about, you know, what, what's most important when you're scaling mm. um, about team and culture. The other one's finances. But actually understanding how financial, um, how the financial operations of a business work and how money works. Like, you know, I learned about, I've got to be honest, um, I learned at university all about profit and loss and balance sheets and all that stuff. And the truth is, I pay so little attention to that stuff now in reality. Yeah. <laughs> frequently at best. But no one ever showed me at university how to look at and manage a 13-week cash flow forecast. No one's yeah. taught me how to read and 
create management accounts. These are the things that actually are the lifeblood of the financial health of any business. Yeah. They're not teaching you that stuff at university. They're teaching you, in, in essence, when I left university having studied business, really what I've learned is how to be a really good employee. Yeah. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. I, I just feel like it was kind of missold. I learned, but how I learned actually how to run a business was from being up close and personal with somebody that already did it and getting out there doing it myself. And doing it, yeah, and doing it. You learn, you learn a lot. It can be a lonely place. Um, still a lonely place now sometimes. I mean, and, and, and going through that as well, another question to roll on to while, while we're talking. You know, for, for entrepreneurs, business owners, can be lonely because as you said, you've got to make the decisions. It's all right putting your hand up and saying, oh, that one worked. But when it don't work, you've ultimately got to take the same responsibility as the one that did work. Um, for people that are starting that, out, that's, that's a great deal. That's yeah. the deal. When you decide to set up your own business, when you decide to you know, go on the uncertain and rocky road of an entrepreneur, you, you are basically signing up for, if this goes well, you're going to get all the reward. Brilliant. Yeah. If this goes badly, it's going to go really badly. It's not, you know, it's going to be way worse than any consequences that you might face as an employee. And, and you just got to ask yourself, you're the sort of person that wants to roll the dice and take that risk. And some you people want to do that and some yeah. people won't. And that's okay. Yeah. Because you hear so many success stories. You, you know, uh, social media these days, you see, you think that it must, it must be simple. You see so many people, so many experts in their field um doing doing great you don't get many people documenting you know their their bad days and and we have them and it can be a lonely place um how, how, how do you pull through them do you lean on your mentor do you lean on you know have you got a, a right hand person that you work with what yeah, what helps you get through that yeah first of all what you said is true i mean you know social media seems to be absolutely rammed full of people in our space you know, sharing all the successes and very few ever really, uh, one of the things I pride myself on is, you know, when somebody comes to my training or, or is part of our, our community or anything like that, I go, look, I'll give you the good, the bad and the ugly. I'll tell you everything, no holds barred. Um, because I think it's only fair that you get the truth and you get the context. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it, it can still be, despite having mentors and being part of masterminds and, um, and having a great team of people, it can still be a lonely place because bottom line, the book stops with, in my case, me. Um, and in your case, Maurice, the book, stop, yep. the book stops with you. And it's, uh, you know, and ultimately you are responsible. So it can, from that perspective, it can be lonely. Um, and, you know, I've had some extremely tough times over my 12 years in business, very tough, and which I talk about a lot openly. Yep. Um, because I think it's only fair that people should the reality of it's not plain sailing it's not all sunshine and rainbows um but it's it's the the the, the tough times and, and the low moments that they're, they're just part of the game and i think when you see it as a game and i really yeah. do but by the way I'm, I'm i always have been and always will be big fan of sports um keen golfer love uh, football and used to play a lot as a kid I was never world-class at any of those things, but I love them. And so what I realized is actually that the area that I excel in is in business and 
leading people and being an entrepreneur. And so I'm like, that I feel I can do at a wild yeah. level. So, so I genuinely feel that it's a game. Yeah. It's not sport to me. And guess what? In sport, you can't win all the time. Sometimes you're going to lose and it's going to feel terrible. Um, and when you win, you can celebrate the success. And so I think for me, I, that's how I genuinely feel about business. I feel like it's a game. I don't, I have to take it seriously because people's livelihoods are reliant upon yeah. doing a good job. But also, I don't take it too seriously because I also know that I, I do treat it as a game and I, I like to enjoy it and have some fun along the way. Fantastic, Nick. I mean, there's some great takeaways for everybody today, even myself. Really appreciate your time. I know about two questions ago, I did say it was going to be the last one, but one more thing has just sprung to mind before we wrap up. Um, obviously, COVID-19, the pandemic that we're in, has been tough for everybody. Um, what have you learned the most from it and what's been the most challenging part from in, in your business from what, what's, what's happened in the, the, the world at the moment? Oh, cool. Um, I have to say this before I actually answer the question. Um, so, you, you know, you, you said something which, of course, uh, I guess most people would, would take and accept. It's been tough for everybody. I'm like, right. it hasn't been tough for everybody. It's been tough for a lot of people. Um, this is my problem. My problem is that um, the media are operating in generalizations, like it's been tough for everybody and all, all businesses have been impacted negatively. I'm like, no, they haven't. Uh, now, I'm not denying that a lot have. Some, some have excelled, yeah, correct. Some have thrived, some have excelled. Um, I, yeah. I, was listening to a, I was listening to a podcast, I think, or something um, the other day. Uh, it might have been, yeah, it must have been a podcast because it was, it was recent. And, um, and they were saying how, you know, um, they, the person who was running the podcast, like, oh, yeah, some guy I know, business is absolutely flying and just bought this wicked new house and... Um, and they were like, oh, what, what business are they in? Like, they supply PPE equipment. Now, I'm not saying that, like, that's, you know, like, look, I mean, that's what their business does. So clearly, they wouldn't have probably wanted this pandemic. None of us would. No, but they've, but they've, done, they've done well out of it. I do think there's a general acceptance that, you know, all businesses are suffering right now. And it's just not true. And I think mm. that that narrative has contributed to the economic downturn as much as the pandemic itself has in my yeah. personal opinion all i'm giving you is my personal opinion no, no, that's that have thrived because of it there are many that have failed because of it my concern is the ones in the middle which are those who because of the narrative that all businesses have failed have just accepted their fate now there yeah. are look, some businesses that had no choice you know, they had to close their doors. They were forced to do that. But there was a lot who just accepted their fate and didn't even try and do anything about it. And this is where it comes back to taking responsibility and going, look, there's a load of stuff out there I can't control, but also ask myself, what can I control? Look, I mean, I'm in the events business. I had an event at the end of March with over 500 people due to attend that had bought tickets. And I could not run that event. Yeah. So that was pretty disastrous as far as things go for my kind of business. And guess what? It was a nightmare and probably caused me to have one of my hardest days in business, one of my worst days in business ever. Um, and I had to ask myself, what can I do? 
there's a load of things I can't do right now. One of them is run an event for 500 people. What can I do? Mm. I can run the event online. I can offer the people that have bought a ticket incredible amounts of extra value as a thank you for their patience and understanding. I can now, in you know, we're a few months down the line, I can now provide training to those people in addition to the online training I gave them. I can give them live in-person training in small groups. It's going to take me a long time to do it, but I can do and as long as I feel like I'm doing everything I can, then I've done the right thing. And yeah. you know, consequently, um, albeit we've had a slight reduction in revenue this year, um, happy, you know, more than happy to be open and real and share that, um, we have seen a significant increase in profit because we've yeah. adjusted our business model. And so, uh, look, and, and this isn't about me going, oh, look at me. I'm going, just ask yourself genuinely, like, what? I know there's a load of things you can't do right now. Yeah. Okay. But what could you do? What could you do? Um, and I don't think enough people are asking themselves that question. Great answer. Um, I agree was, with you. you know. I don't think that was actually the answer to the question that you asked. <laughs> no, it, 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 give, it, give, it give an overview of your take on it, um, which is great as well. And, you know, we're people that are listening and, and myself appreciate. Um, obviously, you just said that you did have the tough, one of the toughest days that, you've ever had in business um, through it. Um, so when, when you was in that place, obviously it taught you something and you made a decision to carry on moving forward. Um, you know, what, what was that? Yeah, I mean, straight up when, you know, when you've got over 500 people who are, you know, a good chunk of them, unhappy, dissatisfied, yeah. you know, throwing stones, metaphorically speaking, all over social yep. media. Um, you know, the, in fairness, there was about 100. So about 20% were very, very unhappy. Um, and there was some personal attacks and insults and all sorts of stuff. Um, so your question is, what did I do about it? And um, the, the, there's, a, there's a few things I did. The first thing I did, interestingly, was nothing. And I think often we we have kind of knee-jerk reactions. Yep, yep, yep. Especially when it's highly emotive. And, um, you know, in this case, my personal, um, yeah, I guess my personal profile or, uh, or character was being questioned and, and uh, attacked. And so the first thing I did actually was nothing, which I think was, with hindsight, a very smart move because knee-jerk reaction would be leap to defend. And I did nothing. I listened and then I took, like 24 hours to really contemplate and think about what is the best next move here? What's going to be the best interest of my customers, my clients? What's the best interest of my business, my staff, everybody? Let's take all that into consideration rather than need your direction. And so, so I took some time. The, the second thing I did whilst I was going through that process was um, I actually went to my closest clients, my mastermind members, and I shared what I was going through. Um, I thought, A, it's given me a great lesson for them. And that was the primary reason. But actually what turned out to happen was, more importantly, B, it was kind of like therapeutic and cathartic for me to talk it through. Yeah, talk it um, through, get off your chest. Exactly. And, and you know, and, and it actually, I think really what happened was I went into a place of how can I turn this into something that benefits others rather than focus on how bad this is for me and my business right now. Um, so switching my focus onto the other people, onto serving, onto making a difference to them, um, made a big difference to how I felt about it all. Um, and then I made a decision 
And that's what great leadership is. It's making a decision even when times are tough. And because actually the knee-jerk reaction, that's almost like too fast a decision. And then the opposite of that is just procrastinating and delaying making the decision. And so I took a bit of time, focused on service and on giving value to our clients. And then I made a decision. And then I stood behind that decision and went, this is what we're going to do. And actually it all worked out great. Um, and you know, I'm actually extremely grateful for that opportunity to learn about myself, about yep. about business, about people. Um, it was, it was an incredibly valuable learning experience, one that I'll never forget. And, you know, yep. and it all turned out just fine in the end. Yep. I think when we're, in, when we're in our, I do believe this. I think when we're at our highest highs, we generally seem to over celebrate sometimes. Yeah. And we're at our lowest lows, we seem to overemphasize how bad it is. And actually, the truth is that in a matter of sometimes days and worst case, often only weeks, you're completely forgotten about that big success. Mm. And in the lowest, you know, in a matter of days or weeks, of your lowest low, you'll have completely forgotten about that as well. But in the moment, we I think we attach too much good or bad to, to whatever it is. Yeah. To a reality. And it's not that it's not that helpful. I'm not saying don't celebrate your successes, of course. And I'm also not saying, hey, you know, you're not sometimes you know, we all need to take a bit of time and we're, we're gonna be down on ourselves. But in reality, I think you know, those two extremes aren't that helpful or healthy. And it's good to know that in the moment and say, hey. In two or three weeks' time, as bad as I'm feeling right now, this will be completely forgotten. Or then it feel better. As good as I'm feeling right now, in two or three weeks', weeks time, this is going to be forgotten. I'm going to be moving on mm. to something else. Yeah. Nick, fantastic having you on. I mean, there's some fantastic takeaways, some great bombs in there for people that are listening. I've taken stuff away from that. Um, been really great having you on. Great engaging chat and really appreciate your time. Um, thanks for coming on. You're welcome, mate. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So for now, what I want to do is thank you for listening. Subscribe, leave a review. Look forward to speaking to you on the next podcast with some exciting guests coming our way.